Where calmness is, there is the greatest power. Calmness is the sure indication of a strong, well-trained, patiently disciplined mind. The calm man knows his business, be sure of it. His words are few, but they tell. His schemes are well planned, and they work true, like a well-balanced machine. He sees a long way ahead, and makes straight for his object. The enemy, difficulty, he converts into a friend, and makes profitable use of him. For he has studied well how to agree with his adversary while he is in the way with him. Like a wise general, he has anticipated all emergencies. Indeed, he is the man who has prepared beforehand. In his meditations, in the counsels of his judgments, he has conferred with causes, and has caught the bent of all contingencies. He is never taken by surprise, is never in a hurry, is safe in the keeping of his own steadfastness, and is sure of his ground. You may think you have got him, only to find, the next moment, that you have tripped in your haste, and that he has got you, or rather that you, wanting calmness, have hurried yourself into the dilemma which you have prepared for him. Your impulse cannot do battle with his deliberation, but is foiled at the first attack. Your uncurbed energy cannot turn aside the wisely directed stream of his concentrated power. He is armed at all points. By mental jiu-jitsu, acquired through self-discipline, he meets opposition in such a way that it destroys itself. Upbraid him with angry words, and the reproof hidden in his gentle reply searches to the very heart of your folly, and the fire of your anger sinks into the ashes of remorse. Approach him with a vulgar familiarity, and his look at once fills you with shame, and brings you back to your senses. As he is prepared for all events, so he is ready for all men, though no men are ready for him. All weaknesses are betrayed in his presence, and he commands by an inherent force which calmness has rendered habitual and unconscious. Calmness, as distinguished from the dead placidity of Langer, is the acme of concentrated energy. There is a focused mentality behind it. In agitation and excitement, the mentality is dispersed. It is irresponsible and is without force or weight. The fussy, peevish, irritable man has no influence. He repels and not attracts. He wonders why his easy-going neighbour succeeds and is sought after, while he, who is always hurrying, worrying and troubling, which he miscalls striving, fails and is avoided. His neighbour, being a calmer man, not more easy-going, but more deliberate, gets through more work, does it more skilfully, and is more self-possessed and manly. This is the reason of his success and influence. His energy is controlled and used, while the other man's energy is dispersed and abused. Energy, then, is the first pillar in the temple of prosperity, and without it, as the first and most essential equipment, there can be no prosperity. No energy means no capacity. There is no manly self-respect and independence. Amongst the unemployed will be found many who are unemployable through sheer lack of this first essential of work energy. The man that stands many hours a day at a street corner with his hands in his pockets, and a pipe in his mouth, waiting for someone to treat him to a glass of beer, is little likely to find employment, or to accept it should it come to him. Physically flabby and mentally inert, 
He is every day becoming more so. He's making himself more unfit to work, and therefore unfit to live. The energetic man may pass through temporary periods of unemployment and suffering, but it is impossible for him to become one of the permanently unemployed. He will either find work or make it. For inertia is painful to him, and work is a delight, and he who delights in work will not long remain unemployed. The lazy man does not wish to be employed. He is in his element when doing nothing. His chief study is how to avoid exertion. To vegetate in semi-torpor is his idea of happiness. He is unfit and unemployable. Even the extreme socialist, who places all unemployment at the door of the rich, would discharge a lazy, neglectful and unprofitable servant.